The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And, and we're back here on Lays This. Um, great conversations in our number one with the Senate President, um, Senator Nova Francis uh, Jr., and of course the ODR Director, uh, Adrian Williams Acton. And we also spoke with the Weather Service again because the weather is absolutely uh, immaculate. Uh, all the superlatives are used here on the same query site. And we have um, the one and only uh, TCHC joining us. She's actually on the line. But before I get to her, I want to give her some. Um, Programming note for tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, she's on uh, actually on the air link, so we're looking forward to talking with her in a little bit. But I want to just uh, update you down for tonight, right? Because you know you you listen to your boy in the mornings from eight to ten. You know what I'm saying? Then you got turn to channel twelve tonight at eight o'clock. You know what I'm saying? I check out Nova. Picture a scientist. Women uh, make up a less. Excuse me. Women make up less than a quarter of STEM professionals in the United States. And numbers are even lower for women of color. But there's a growing group of researchers who are writing a new chapter for women scientists exposing longstanding discrimination and leading the way in making science more inclusive. A biologist, a chemist, and a geologist lead viewers on a journey from their own experiences in the sciences. Uh, sciences ranging from outright harassment to years of subtle slights along the way. From cramped laboratories to spectacular field stations, scientific visionaries, including social scientists, neuroscientists, and psychologists, provide new perspectives on how to make science itself more diverse, equitable, and open to all. That's NOVA. Picture a scientist beginning tonight at 8 p.m. And then at 10 p.m., that's a two-hour program, by the way, Picture a Scientist. At 10 p.m., Kasturba Gandhi, Accidental Activist. Kasturba Gandhi lived her life in the shadows of her iconic husband. Now she emerges. Mahatma Gandhi, the master of nonviolence, credited her with teaching him about nonviolence. This biodoc tells the untold story and how she became one of the first women activists in modern history, impacting the growing number of women activists today. That's Kasturba Gandhi at 10 p.m. tonight on Channel 12. And finally, uh, yeah, 10 p.m. And finally at 11 p.m., Revolution of the Heart, the Dorothy, the, the Dorothy Day story. Revolution of the Heart traces Dorothy Day's journey from a young communist journalist to a Catholic convert to the co-founder of the Catholic Worker newspaper and the first Houses of Hospitality, which sheltered New York City's homeless during the Great Depression. The documentary uses extensive archival footage from Day's own collection and features interviews with actor Martin Sheen, public theologian Cornel West, Senator Tim Kaine, biographer Robert Ellsberg, and Day's granddaughters. That's tonight, Revolution of the Heart, the, the, the Dorothy Day story tonight at 11 p.m. here on Channel 12. And you know when you hear me read it and I go... Go back to when I was a little child in school and they had you reading out loud and all that stuff. You know, there you go. Make sure you enunciate things properly. In particular, when you got big shots, like the notorious 
Taika Mjolnhunt Caesar joining us here on Analyze This um, this morning. Good morning, Madam Medical Director slash Founding Dean. How are you? Good morning. Not well this morning. But you go make the right? Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay, that's good. Um, first of all, congratulations as the Medical Director, JFL North. Got to be a good feeling yesterday. Oh, for the, um, yes, I was, I was sick, so I was actually supposed to be there. So I'm very, very happy that, uh, that you know, for, for St. Croix and JFL. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us, d- define medical director. What, what, what do you do um, in terms of um, the Virgin Islands, government of the Virgin Islands in that capacity? As the medical director for the Department of Health, I oversee all of the clinical uh, the clinics at, at the Department of Health, uh, the um, and uh, the the direct um, oversight for all of all of the clinics, which includes the community health, uh, maternal child health, mental health clinics, um, the uh, prenatal clinics, and the communicable diseases clinics. So all of the you know I oversee all of the um, all of the the clinical aspects from the Department of Health. That is just um, a portion of what I do. Um, the the Department of Health has a regulatory oversight um, throughout the entire um, territory. Um, so anything that relates to um, regulation in the in in a medical capacity, so that it involves any any healthcare uh, facility, uh, if that that we have to that we have to. Um, oversee or provide regulatory oversight the hospitals and even private um private um facilities so it's um it's it's a very um encompassing sort of um, oversight over the the healthcare in, in the territory if um explain to the public the certificate of need process for facilities and, and the rural public health uh department of health plays in that in that process the certificate of need program is ever evolving and we are always building on it to ensure that we um, provide exactly what is needed it's um it's exactly what what it sort of states it's an application that is filled out for any healthcare facility uh and it 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 it's a it's a very comprehensive application in which you um that you submit to the department of health to include uh, what your healthcare uh, facility um, is, what the mission is, and then it talks, and and then it should also include a very comprehensive plan um, from financial to uh, infrastructure, as well as um, um, purpose and intent, and it is submitted, and the certificate of need. Team, I should say, it's submitted. It's submitted to the to the Department of um, Licensure, um, and it is um, the, the team consists of many members of the executive body of the um, of the, the entire executive body of the Department of Health, and we review and go over all of the the, the application and discuss and determine if um, in, if there is indeed a need. And then we also, um, it's, a, it's a long process, meaning it's a careful process. So someone doesn't submit a certificate of need application and then we review it and then we just, you know, it's favorable. Uh, we, um, with, with, mul- with multiple um, executive members with varying um, levels of expertise, we carefully review and ask for additional information so that we can ensure that uh, whatever healthcare entity is being 
um, evaluated is specifically meets the needs of the community and um, and um, and is going to be um, um, you know a need and is and is going to be um, approved with with um, careful thought and um, and and everything that is needed uh, for the you know for whatever specific healthcare um, entity uh, is 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 being is being requested. So, so what you just explained is is what would happen if uh, an entity, um, an established entity on the mainland, wanted to come into the Virgin Islands and uh, establish a facility here, a, a care facility here in the Virgin Islands. That's the process that you just articulated. What they would have to go through. Absolutely, and we 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 go through it very very carefully and tediously um, to make certain that um, they whatever facility. Would like to would like to to open uh, is is actually um, functional and and meets the needs of the community. Now, um, as it relates to facilities in the Virgin Islands, and you're being uh, the med- medical director um, for uh, public health, what areas you believe that we we need to look at and and beef up? Um, where um, healthcare is concerned in the Virgin Islands, we have an aging community. Yes. Um, we have aging facilities. Yes. Um, so, um, if you were to, you know, based on a review of, of where we are in terms of need for our uh, community um, mm-hmm. of of what ninety thousand, ninety five thousand people, um, because maybe not everybody was captured in the in the eighty seven thousand census of twenty twenty. Um, we have many needs, but I think you hit it on the head. Where if I were to, because I I I I do I I'm uniquely sort of um, placed in many different hats. So as um even as a, a staff physician and both um, w- with privileges at both hospitals actually, but primarily in um, in St Thomas, um, there there is lots of there is needs for that for the, the, the transition from acute care to long-term care um, in, in, in the territory, specifically relating to the aging um, community. So we definitely need uh, more nursing home, um, more nursing home and wraparound services for um, care to transition from the hospital to the community. Uh, we don't have skilled nursing facilities. We, you know, we have to rely on sending people off island for that. Um, so that is a definite need, but it all sort of goes back to the the population um, that is aged. So those these individuals who end up in the hospital and sometimes have a difficulty being uh, being placed or in in the community are those who are you know at least you know over over the age of sixty five. So we need that's that's the that's the age in, in of the of the population in which we see. Uh, the effects of chronic diseases, um, heart disease, chronic kidney disease, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, all of those things will can eventually lead to things like strokes and heart attacks and um, brain injuries that might uh, that might result in the lack of the lack of um, independent function. So we, we definitely need to have more of those facilities in the territory, those services in the territory. And even if we don't have big nursing homes or big skilled nursing facilities where we can just like have um, 
you know, accept a lot of a lot of patients. There are smaller homes that um, private private facilities can actually and have been have been trying to open. And um, and if we had more home nursing um, functions and more wraparound services in the community, that would be a help um, because I think that our community does want to have um, their loved ones at home. But if we had more services and more help, where we can have more home home agencies and more um, more care that can be to be delivered at home, it would be um, a big benefit. No. Now, um, back in 2006, I met with the associate dean at NYU because we were looking at, you know, the potential for medical school, a medical school here in the Virgin Islands back then and, and some years before. I believe Turo College or something wanted to look at the Virgin Islands uh, as a location for medical school. And his suggestion to me, I forget, I think his name was Ratstein. I'm trying to look it up. No, and his his, his uh, suggestion to me was you have to identify you, you should identify a a certain area uh, in the profession that you would want to target. And his suggestion was um, in the Virgin Islands, y'all look like that's an ideal place for re, uh, retirees, and maybe geriatrics might be something um, um, that that you would want to look at as as a specialty. Um, you thought that was accurate uh, back then, based on uh, what he said, uh, or how how I articulated what he said, based on our, where we are and and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's fine. I, I think rather than just focusing on geriatrics, like as a specialty on a whole, it's more about primary care, and I think that is it. It always you when you, the the focus and the mission of the School of Medicine. That we are um, that we are um, trying to to um, to start at UVI, it's a public health mission, and public health as at its core is going to always focus on prevention, and if we are going to train medical leaders and medical health professionals in the territory, it's going to be uh, with um, you know for focusing on primary care and just having individuals return to care, even if they, even if they subspecialize in other things outside of primary care, um, it will be a benefit to the territory. But um, it's, he, he, he was accurate in stating that, you know, you have to target the population um, that, that you have. But again, many people think that, you know, that we are in an island and we are, you know, affected by tropical diseases and, you know, it's all like, you know, very um, <clears throat> exotic. But the reality is um, even in areas are uh, underserved communities, those are um, rather than looking at infectious diseases or tropical diseases, you still see chronic diseases being the, the most um, the, the highest rates of illnesses that impact um, even um, areas that are resource limited. So again, we have to focus on primary care and disease prevention to prevent um, diabetes, to prevent high blood pressure, to prevent obesity. These are the biggest risk factors that drive diseases and, and help poor healthcare outcomes in our community. And it all goes back to the social determinants of health these are all public health um, themes, and rather than focusing on one area, you have to try to figure out how to train 
healthcare professionals to um, to address the areas that are that are of prevention. You know, it goes into the naturalists. The naturalists think that you know regular trained, traditionally trained medical doctors sort of avoid these um, these natural remedies, and it all comes back to both people saying the same thing that we all need to focus on prevention, whether it's um, with um, with natural natural holistic um, remedies or just basic common sense eating properly and sleeping well and staying active to prevent um, to prevent obesity and other diseases that come along with with not eating well yeah his name was on um, dr andrew brotman he's executive vice president and vice dean for clinical affairs and strategy at NYU Medical School, and that was a great conversation he had. I was actually being educated because one of the things uh, we spoke about was um, the state of Arizona, which is a retirement state. They decided, you know, they didn't want to compete with California. Uh, okay, you know, California is about business and all that stuff, and um, mm-hmm. so they established retirement communities. So one of the suggestions he had was maybe we would want to look at that, um, establish some re- retirement communities here uh, in the Virgin Islands, given all of the natural elements that that are. Uh, are to our benefit, like the great weather that we're dealing with now. Is it is it as lovely on St. Thomas as it is here on St. Croix today? It it's... is stunning. <laughs> Not only is it just like beautiful yeah, and, man. Um, and, and sunny, but the water is flat. Flat, yeah, man. Yeah, and look, look. If, if if you did, if you were afraid of jet skiing, today's the one day you would want to jet ski Correct. because I mean, it really looks like glass. You know what I'm saying? And you can see because of the, I guess, the rain uh, that came through a couple of days ago, you could see St. Croix so clear. That's what I'm saying. I, I came in yesterday. I told I told him the visibility is is out of sight yeah. and it's 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 beautiful. We got uh, uh Tai Camille Huntsies are joining us uh, on International Women's Day here on Analysis. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about um you know her 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 her. And how she feels about International Women's Day and the, the, the strides, the strides that ladies um, have taken, um, asking and commanding and demanding and deserving uh, gender equality and all that stuff, and also how we're dealing um, with the endemic as we uh, transition more away from the heart of the pandemic. We'll take a break and be back right after this. USBI and the St. John School of the Arts are proud to present the Escher String Quartet with Terrence Wilson. Friday, March 10th at the St. John School of the Arts beginning at 7.30 p.m. and on Saturday, March 11th beginning at 8 p.m. at the Prior Jollock Hall on the Antilles campus. The Escher String Quartet has received acclaim for its musical insight and rare tonal beauty and soloist Terrence Wilson is one of the biggest pianistic talents to emerge in the U.S. over the last 25 years. The Prior Jollet Courtyard opens at 7 p.m. on Saturday with fare from Amalia Cafe. For more information, theforumusbi.org, 646-725-3353, or theforumusbi at gmail.com.
These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At all things considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. (laughs) He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter Sagal. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. back here on Analyze This and we're speaking with uh, the founding dean. We're going we're gonna to talk to her in that uh, context. We're going to label her in that context. The founding dean of the University of Virgin Islands Medical School, um, the one and only uh, Dr. Tai Camille Hansisa, medical director for the government of the Virgin Islands. Good morning, Madam Medical Director. Good morning. Okay, good. So, International Women's Day. Um, you are a doctor in a profession that's dominated by men. Um, tell us a little bit about um, how you feel being in that profession, how proud you are um, you, you are a Virgin Islander true and true and come back home uh, to provide leadership and um, the best affordable health care for the people of the Virgin Islands, for your people. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, this day is special. I, um, it, I, 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 sometimes I, I, don't, I don't realize that, you know, how... How significant it is I am to others um, when when I am when when we talk about this day, but I mean it really it coming back home is you know was exactly what I was trained to do, and I was happy. So coming back home and understanding that I am able to fill the role um, you know a, a role that was needed, uh, many different roles that were needed, it's over it's been 11 years now and it's only sort of sinking in now um how how special um it, it this this opportunity was for me and i'm still growing i'm still learning and i'm, I'm learning from a lot of women so th- this day is um means it means a lot to me i mean um international women's day i mean we can, there's so many women that impacted um, my, you know, my, my life, you know, my mom, you know, she's from Trinidad. Um, my, um, a lot of my mentors in, you know, throughout uh, med- my medical training have been, have come from all over the world. Uh, my, my most recent mentor in, in Miami, Dr. Maria Alcaide, uh, she's from Spain and she does global research over in Africa and she has, um, she, she, you know, she worked with me, and and, and you know, and, and I wrote my uh, a few papers with her, and um, and I learned a lot about I learned a lot about um, about trans- translational research um, with uh, with with her, and 
I, I, it's just incredible to me the amount of um, uh, mentorship and, and, and education that I've received from, um, from women all over the world who have come from all over the world in my career. And it's, it's just, it, it, it means a lot to me because I have a daughter as well. And every day when I think about what is happening in other parts of the world, I always talk to her and I tell her how grateful she must be um, to be to have been born in, in a place where she can actually go to school. Um, it's 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 sometimes very um, heavy for me to 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 think about how um, how oppressed um, women can be, you know, in many different parts of the world. So I'm just grateful and thankful for all of the um, opportunity that I have been given. And uh, you know, to to be in a in a in a in a position to actually um, provide difference, and it's it's just very it's it means a lot to me. I I I, I didn't mean to make you tear up this morning on the show, you know. I could hear it in your voice, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, that's My a, no, sir, that's a beautiful thing, man. That's 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 real. That's real emotion. Uh, we like that. No, you just tip me up, mommy, mommy, at really. Yeah. She is. Yeah, she is. And she, yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so much, you know, like a lot of people think my, you know, know who know her, know that uh, my spirit comes from her. Mm-hmm. And I'm a true blood of my, my mom and my dad, um, you know, but, uh, you know, he's, he's very quiet and very, very young. You're a second, you're a second generation doctor? Yes. Yes. My, my father is a nephrologist. Yeah. Um, who I work with, I share an office with, um, so that's so he's retired now. But um, he, you know, um, it's really fun and uh, rewarding working um, alongside him. He's a staff physician, credential physician, not staff physician because he retired, but credential physician at the hospital. But I'm a true blend. Um, a lot of people think that most of my um, charisma and personality comes from my mom. So, um, you know, I, I, I do. I'm very happy and thankful how she raised me. Unfortunately, sometimes um, it's it's I I always come back to think about why I um, have the personality that I have. Um, you know, coming being being I'm trained in a in a predominantly male um, dominated profession, especially as a black woman. Uh, you know, who um, had to train um, in residency. You know, are surrounded by you know white men. You know, who would look at me and really didn't think that I knew what I was doing. So I would have to be a little bit more assertive with my, uh, you know, with presenting cases. And I quickly got the the nickname when I was an intern as the spicy, the spicy intern. And, you know, I, I, you know, it was, it was funny, you know, you know, and, um, but after a while I used to have to think, why do I have to be spicy just to, you know, so that I can make myself, um, um, known or, or make my, my or have a voice and that they would take me seriously and understand that, you know, I know what I'm talking about and you need to come and see my patient. Um, and, and, you know, we need to, we need to work together on this. And um, so sometimes I, you know, I, you know, I think about, you know, how black women have to be to actually um, be successful in, in this field but you know it didn't stop me so i'm just i'm just happy that my mom was able to give me that spunk and you know and i was able to um, persevere and and be as successful as i am today that's why that's why talking about one of my uh, listeners said tell ty i said hi call her dr corn 
She will know. After who? Corn. She will know what it means. I enjoyed working with her. You 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 broke up, Doctor Who? Corn, corn, C O R N, Doctor Corn. I think I do though. <laughs> <laughs> That's clearly a department of health thing from back in the day. One of your former coworkers <laughs> text me that way. That's all. Uh, I'm, I'm having fun, uh, a little fun here today. No, um, the department of health. Um, yeah, I've been stewarding um, the pandemic, and we're looking at a, 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 you know, a, a three-year, you know, anniversary of infamy, right? Um, coming up, I think March thirteenth was actually Friday the thirteenth was the the first case uh, here in in, in twenty twenty. And right now, we're going through a very, a very, very uh, good window um, coming off of a rough patch there towards the start, um, beginning at the start of the new year. Um, um, here's how I want to phrase this question um, with respect to what we went through let's say January 1 and now um, some 65, 66 days later 67 days later um, this was uh, again to the point now where this is more predictable than it was in the past because we anticipated that there would be that um, you know, surge given the congregating of people with festivals and Christmas holidays and all that stuff, and and, and a timeline, you know, because we do our daily thing here as well. We figured by February, or early March, um, we'd be doing well, but we've exceeded that. We're doing very well, Madam Medical right. Director. Yeah, I mean, I think science and statistics, um, you know, have showed us exactly, you know, what. Um, how pandemics and epidemics and, and viruses can um, can behave. And um, we knew that at some point that this would have followed the normal patterns of, of other viruses. And I think that it's going to be very, very common and usual to see that during the winter months, we'll see more um, more blips and, and, and surges in cases, and then it will, and it will go down. Um, but again, in the territory we're going to we have to be very cautious we'll see a uh, little a uh, little um, outbreaks in various um settings over the time throughout the entire year because i think what it's seventeen thousand um people that are descending on the um island of saint thomas today from cruise ships you know and this is gonna this is we're going into the the springtime and so um because we have travelers that are coming from various places, maybe the southern hemisphere, in which you have um, their, you know, their their winter season is different. So we're gonna see um, trends. Uh, we're gonna see, <coughs> excuse me, um, surges throughout the year, um, in, because because of you know the 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 type of location that we have in which we have. Um, tourists coming throughout the territory um, throughout the, um, the 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 course of the year, but it it's going to be very you know very common to see surges in the in the winter months in which we have the majority of tourists who come down in the winter months who are traveling from areas that are going to have um, high rates during those times of the of the year. No, um, that used to be what we that that used to be the folk the flu focus. In the past, yes. now uh, it, it's it's. I think it's, it's going to be very similar. It's very similar. That's the question. See, you don't you don't really, you don't read my mind already. So, so that's that's pretty much what we're looking at now, right? Yes, and I think that moving forward, 
they haven't they haven't done it yet but all of the um the calls and the meetings that i have been attending are suggesting that they're the the simplification of boosters for covid 19 will be very similar to influenza in, in which you would want to have an annual um booster that would be recommended to take to be taken the same time that you get your seasonal flu shot and of course the boosters of covid will be tweaked just like how the influenza seasonal influenza vaccine is um, to um, to protect against the variants that are currently circulating and with the flu unfortunately you can't they, they have to it's a prediction unfortunately with the flu where you have where the the the, the flu virus is very different to coronavirus. And what happens is uh, the, the the proteins on top of the flu virus will sort of like shift and change. It's called antigenic shifts. Um, and um, it, it's a prediction of, you know, of what potentially will be the next um, um, circulating sort of um, um, strain of the flu. So that's that's what that's sometimes that's why the flu they miss it and they'll say oh the flu shot wasn't as effective this year blah 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 whatever but um they, it'll be the the coronavirus vaccine will be um, tweaked um, to just cover what is what is currently circulating and I think that we were, they're going to come out with sort of like an annual recommendation for a a COVID and flu shot even if it's not combined you can take both of them at the same time. And by the way, the, the number that you mentioned at 17,000, that's only because they're not, uh, the ships are not at full capacity. If they were at full capacity, it'd have been over 21,000. Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's five five ships. Let me see. Um, let's see Disney Fantasy, um, Norwegian Encore, Wonder of the Seas, uh, Celebrity Reflection, and and uh, MS News, starting then, I, I guess the starting then, I don't know if that's a cruise line or, um, but it says um, 3,218 passengers, so. But uh, we're looking at five cruise ships today, <clears throat> uh, two, yeah. two more tomorrow, Oasis of the Season, a Celebrity Beyond, and then uh, on the 11th, which is Saturday, um, another uh, some small, small, a small cruise liner coming on. But you're right, you know, so we got to be careful, right? That, that's pretty much, I'm glad you brought that up so we could um, inf inform the public to, um, to be a little bit more aware of what we're dealing with because, um, you know, we have visitors here to our shores. Correct. And, you know, and it's not necessarily just COVID because I can tell you, like, I don't have... But the RSVP and all that stuff, right? I have, I have something else. So, you know, it's um, you, these viruses, they act very similar and they have, they can have long-term effects. They can have weird things that happen, um, you know, and even if these things happen one out of a million or whatever, when it happens to you, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. So like uh, all of these viruses have um, potential um, bad complications or even long-term consequences. No, I, no so, I heard, I heard you on Monday, you were on the press briefing on Monday with the commissioner, right? Uh, no. That, that wasn't you? Oh, that was, no. that was last week. Yes, correct. Okay. But you spoke, um, and I wanted to quickly, um, uh, recap that uh, to the best of your ability in, in in two minutes. Long COVID. You you, you spoke of long COVID. Sure. Uh, expo explain to the public um, what what you're seeing, what you're learning, because of course you okay. know you're you're in an industry that's continuing education Correct. by the hour. So talk so a little bit about long COVID. What we're doing is we are since the the beginning of the pandemic, we were we we had um, individuals who were 
even at the, you know, who, who got infected um, with the first surge in New York, um, who were reporting that they were having, that they, that they were getting better. You know, it was been months and months and even almost a year in which they, they potentially were, again, not having fever, but were still having sort of um, things like fatigue or what we consider brain fog. They just couldn't concentrate or um, other other various things in which they just you know they just didn't have they didn't have the energy they 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 felt like they they would have episodes in which they're they they would have palpitations or their heart would just flutter um, and you know and this was happening ever since they had COVID and so we've been studying this sort of phenomenon and 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 collecting um, data nationally to understanding that after people who have been infected with COVID could could have a condition or a syndrome called long COVID in which we're which we are we are calling it long COVID. And it's a it can be a, a, a combination of many different symptoms. And the people who are studying this phenomenon has collected maybe over 200 symptoms that it can be. Um, it could be the loss of smell that can linger um, for several months to up to a year or even longer. It could just be fatigue. It could be <clears throat> the development of an autonomic condition in which you have like a, a heart, uh, you know, an extensive heart condition. It can be many different things, and it but it, and it can also happen in individuals who have mild disease. Right now, when you have if you have COVID. Most people don't get really sick and end up in the hospital, but unfortunately, um, some people will just say, you know, I just, I, I just haven't felt the same ever since I've had COVID, and that could be potentially, and and probably is, um, you know, effects of long COVID, which is something that is not not unique to COVID or the coronavirus. It is actually very common with all viruses. Most viruses, uh, um, you, you have conditions that can have long-term um, complications and, and, and um, um, conditions. Okay. Oh, we'll, just, we'll take a break. I will come back, wrap up this conversation. I'm gonna keep her the, I'm gonna keep the, the, the dean the whole hour because she needs to get her rest. So we'll take a break, wrap up this great conversation on International Women's Day with the notorious TCHC Taika Bill Hunt Caesar out of the rack. Be back right after this. want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious, daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. 
weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peter's Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. BankofStCroix.com <coughs> Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Camera's about to crowd, sir. Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. And we're back here on uh, Analyze This. And we're um, fortunate to be joined on International Women's Day by um, one of the, the great women uh, leaders here in the Virgin Islands, um, Dr. Ty Camille Hunt-Caesar, uh, Virgin Islands uh, Medical Director, uh, out of the rack. So um, before we uh, excuse you, because you need to get a rest, um, what's the prospects for the Virgin Islands as it relates to health care from a public health perspective? Um, in the in the short, mid, and long term, where you're concerned, I think it is extremely promising um, because we have uh, a very a very um, resourceful, um, progressive, innovative leader um, right now, Commissioner Husa Tita Encarnacion, who is um, very much aligned with public health. I think that unfortunately, in the past. We've had, um, you know, very um, capable commissioners, but not, you know, on, you know, just they weren't really um, focused on the actual core themes of public health and understanding exactly what is needed, which, again, I'll talk about, you know, when you, when you talk about public health, you always want to talk about prevention and understanding, um, you know, how to get that, which is addressing the social determinants of health and making an, an emphasis on, on providing equity, not equality, understanding that there's a difference between equality, which is a whole other story, right? But understanding how to, how to achieve equity in healthcare. And um, with, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot of, of, um, disasters that we've had to deal with, the hurricanes, COVID, but understanding that, you know, trying to navigate uh, these, uh, an already resource limited territory, navigating these responses and trying to make certain that you have to address equity and you have to address the social determinants of health to then <coughs> make certain that public health 
addresses all of the facets of healthcare by looking at the hospitals and making sure that they have what they need, um, you know, to, for, for their acute needs, but also the transition to, you know, outpatient and long-term care. I think um, Commissioner Encarnacion has been very resourceful and is very insightful and, and utilizing um, all of her resources. As a member, a board member of the association, of the state and um, territorial health officials. She is leveraging all of her um, power and resources um, from the entire, from, of, of, you know, from the federal funds and um, as, as best as she can um, with, um, with these organizations and using, using everything she can to, to make certain that the territory is not forgotten and is actually given a lot of resources um, that is needed. So I'm very hopeful um, for public health in the territory. And I think that working together is also another um, great um, 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 tool that Commissioner Encarnacion has, has understood just by even from using COVID as a case study, using the unified uh, response and engaging all of the agencies by figuring out how to do it, not just saying we can't do it, but by having the attitude of saying, how can we do it? And we can do it if we actually um, enlist and, 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 and push and, and, and get all the agencies involved, um, I, I think is, um, is, is, is something that she has to be recognized for. Um, and you know, it's something that I always think of trying to pool resources and, 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 and cross, you know, cross utilize um, resources from, uh, from all agencies so that we can provide uh, for, for the community. So I think that I'm very hopeful and, and in this recovery out of the hurricanes as well as the pandemic that we'll continue to grow and we'll continue to, um, to, to build on the resources that we have. And then of course, I can't even say, you know, like with, without mentioning the medical school, I mean, I think the medical school is going to like, you know, solve world hunger um, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, our, the medical school is going to also be um, a driving, a driving um, um, institute and, and resource to, to develop um, um, or to further um, build on our public health in infrastructure within the territory. Um, in closing, I want to do two things. I want to ask you to take a note of this. On Monday, March 13th, which actually is the three-year anniversary for our first uh, COVID positive here in the territory, Day of Infamy, uh, there's a program on Channel 12, Daring Women Doctors. That's 8 p.m. Monday night on Channel 12. So make a note to, to tune into Channel 12. Uh, and take a look at that documentary, okay? Daring yes, Women Doctors, Monday, March 13th uh, at 8 p.m. And I, I need a plug from you right now because one of my listeners, you know, today's International Women's Day and um, we are, you know, recognizing um, how influential um, women are in our lives and have been throughout. And I need for you to give a plug for to encourage our our young people and everybody in general to attend our libraries. Uh, Wallace Williams um, had me to know that four of our five main public libraries are named for women. Florence Williams, Athalie Peterson, Enid Ba, 
that's the one on St. Thomas, right? And uh, Elaine Sproul. Uh, I think that's the, the, the library uh, on St. John. So if you will, um, I, one of the things, one of my pet peeves here on this show is um, in this day of um, technological advancements, internet, all that stuff, cell phone, yeah. everything you want, mm-hmm. our, our young people ain't really using the libraries and appreciating them like they should. So, right. so if you will, um, I'm sure that you did growing up because uh, yes. that, that's, that's just that was just a way of life, a way of life uh, for mm-hmm. those of us children of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s and all that. Um, push the library now. Push, push how important yeah, our library. Please. I think I think that we should we like. Everyone in the community, mothers, aunties, uncles, everyone, we should we should really try to take the time to encourage um, our young kids to get off of the you know the the devices and and take the time to go to the library. All the libraries, the library, especially the one that um, over there by um, Tutu Park, um, is very it's 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 nice. And um, kids are actually when they go to the library, they have a lot more fun than they actually think. And um, that. It, it, just you know just reading on a whole we should just we should always encourage it and try to be cognizant of the the um the the screen time you know the american academy of of pediatrics already have recommendations as to limit the amount of screen time for for children and it should be substituted with books and um wherever you can because even my husband even makes reference to sometimes he he He's sad sometimes when um, there, you know, some some kids will be looking at the books, you know, like right at the counter when it's time to go, and and the moms will be like, "Let's go, put it back," you know, and it's and it's like, no, don't discourage them from 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 wanting a book, you know, discourage them from wanting toys, but not the books. So I think that we should just all do what we can to try to encourage uh, reading whenever it can be, even if you can't make it out to the library. Kids have access to the library at school. Um, my daughter comes home with books all the time. It's a lot. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like take your time and read it. But like, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. But again, you try not to discourage it because um, you want them to have that time um, to learn and grow. And, you know, they, they, they can, they'll discover who they want to be um, and discover um, a lot more places, even if they can't get off the rock as, as you know, as much as as they would like to by um, by reading, so um, I do I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Let's um, let's use the 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 libraries and they're there, and um, we should we should use them more often, and uh, you know and have more programs that are there for for the children to attend. Um, well, you know, I, I want to thank you for taking it to the next level because it's just about the library reading in general, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, because that's another a personal thing with me get, get our literacy levels up. To where we could be leaders in the region, and and the kids count and all that stuff. When we get those, um, you know, painful uh, statistics and data, uh, maybe we could get uh, our numbers up. It was a a pleasure on International Women's Day to speak to uh, one of the leading women here in the territory, the one and only Ty Camille Hunt Caesar, medical director for the government of the Virgin Islands and the founding dean at the University of Virgin Islands Medical School, the notorious TCHC. Thank you very much. Hope you feel better. Hope the conversation made you feel better because you definitely made the show better. Appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Appreciate that. That's all. Uh, Ty Camille Hunt season. Your daughter dancing, right? 
yes, she's there. <laughs> she's starting today. And so now I'm bracing myself that I have to try and go, you know, through that 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 tourist crowd to pick her up this afternoon because um, the studio um, is right in the middle of, um, yeah. like, downtown Main Street in yeah, one of the alleys. Tell Miss yes. Scott. Tell me, I didn't get the. I get. I didn't get a chance to speak with Miss Scott. So tell Miss Scott that her mom's did awesome. Her mom's was Miss um, Paquin, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I went to the open house on Friday, and I was. I was. Um. I was. All of them were there. Um. The the dancers who were on, and I told them how proud I was of them. And no. um. Yes. No, I so. appreciate that. They were, they were great. They were great guests, and the two young ladies as well, and the people appreciated that yes. uh, appearance. So thanks. Thanks for hooking me up. You did that. Of course, my appreciate pleasure. That. Okay, good. Take care. You got it. Bye bye. That's Dr. Uh, Ty Camille Hansiza. Out of the rock, right? And I like, you know, I like to, that's my coin, right? Out of the, right? Like to say, out of the West and all of that good stuff. So, yeah, Wallace Williams, uh, thanks for, um, for for pointing that out, man. Now, check. Florence Williams, Library. Atelier Peterson, McFarlane. I think it's, it's McFarlane Peterson, right? That's down in the West, Eated Bar. With a powerful name uh, over there in St. Thomas, and of course Elaine Spro. And I actually saw, um, I actually um, put in a uh, Google Enid Spro Library, which is in Cruz Bay, and it's actually a muse- not only a public library, it's also a museum of cultural arts. You know, so um, and you, you Google that, and they got a Facebook page and all that uh, good stuff. Look, look at the next building. You know, when we get um, the uh, director for Office of Disaster Recovery, and I'm going to ask her about the status uh, of our... Because, you know, we we got um, Commissioner Oriel for Department of Planning and Planning and Natural Resources, which is where our libraries uh, are under, uh, actually gave us an update, but, um, you know, and got some contractors and, and, and all that work is out there and uh, to be done, you know, so... You know, that's what we do here on Lace This, man. Our, our thing just different. You know what I mean? That, that's the term we used yesterday when we were speaking with um, Tony Dwayne Henry. You know, our show is tangential, right? We ain't regular commercial um, talk show. You know, we don't go off. You know, we don't go off on a little 45-degree angle, you know? Tangential and, uh, uh, and informational. No, we ain't really with, you know, confrontation. Also. Even though confrontation is good on talk radio, don't get me wrong. You know, and talk shows, TV, all that stuff. But um, as an NPR station, and um, we, we want our things to be as factual as possible. Know what I'm saying? And I'm very, very serious about that. When I was young, I used to love to argue. And, and some people used to say, never... It'll be wrong and strong, right? Me had a problem with the strong part. I had a problem with the wrong part. And the way to not be wrong is to do your research. Read and and commit yourself to retention so that you ain't always got to pull up a, um, a cell phone or, or, or go to the library. So that when you do that, the people let them say, you know something? That man there, he does he the whole on to, to what he learned. That's all part of training. That's why you have these great doctors and great lawyers and great professionals, engineers, all that stuff. Training, education, and um, maxing out um, their capacity and all that stuff. So today's uh, International Women's Day. And when it, uh, I was going through the list of uh, 
to send a president. And right when um, um, uh, I stopped, um, we were at the 14th legislature. Uh, remember, uh, Elmer Roebuck, he was the president of the 11th, 12th, and 13th. 14th legislature president, Ruby M. Rose, out of St. Croix. And then, we, and then she also was a uh, Senate president, um, and she actually uh, passed away um, while she was uh, four months or was it, uh, two months uh, into her second presidency in, in 1987. And she was succeeded by Ivo Stradiran, uh, who served out that term as the president. Uh, subsequent to that, we had um, Senator Lorraine Berry, who was Senate president twice in the 23rd and the 26th legislature. And 26 was my first term, actually. And that was actually the, the, the greatest presidency in the history of legislation because she actually was president over all 14 members, seven for one year and seven for the second year. That was the greatness of Lorraine Berry. And then uh, uh, most recently in the 34th legislature, um, Senator Donifred Gregory, who was uh, Senator President from January of 21, to um, January of this year in 2023. So International Women's Day, right? You know what um, Josie Wales said, right? Um, the man them, right? Obligation is to be good to the woman them, right? And for the woman them, to just make sure everything level, okay? So congratulations to all the women and to those uh, leaders and educators and mothers, sisters, daughters, for all you do. Today's your day. Okay, March 8, 2023, International uh, Women's Day. Thanks to all the ladies who supported the show today. Taika Milhan Caesar, Mary Angeles for the weather service, and um, that, um, Director Adrian Williams Actelin. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico and a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning, you know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up plus conversations with authors and artists. Stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX-FM 93.1.